a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources today. I am Boyd Matheson. Great to be with you. And we're going to continue with a little March Madness uh, playing off the update there from Jason Jones. Uh, if you didn't see it over the weekend, uh, the uh, Loyola Chicago's uh, amazing historic win, uh, upset win over the number one seed, uh, Illinois, uh, was augmented by uh, a, a probably one of the great prayers in history. Uh, Sister Jean Dolores Schmidt, if you uh, haven't been following the bracket, uh, she is the 101, yes, 101-year-old chaplain of the Chicago Loyola Ramblers. And uh, she delivered uh, probably the most uh, stirring pregame prayer <laughs> for the eighth-seeded team uh, that's probably ever been uttered. Uh, here's just a little, a little bit of that. Uh, she said, as we play the fl- fighting Illini, we ask for special help to overcome this team and get a great win. We hope to score early and make our opponents nervous, she said in the prayer. Uh, she continued. Uh, she prayed. Uh, we have a great opportunity to convert rebounds as this team makes about 50% of layups and 30% of its three-pointers. Our defense can take care of that. Anyway, she continues on. Uh, she has been watching these games live in person uh, from the stands. Uh, again, at 101 years of age, uh, she is something else and uh, amazing. Loyola Chicago uh, get a huge win over Illinois over the weekend, and uh, that is what March Madness is all about. Uh, but it really brings uh, this whole thing. One of the things that is most inspiring about M- March Madness is that it does bring people together. It brings communities together. And community is what we're going to focus on in our final segment here on Inside Sources today. And so I want to start with just a, a little sound from Sister Jean, uh, who talked about what this actually means uh, to those in and around uh, the uh, Loyola University's uh, team. We have such a passion for the game. It's like the little engine that could. You know, you just keep puffing along and get relaxed. I said, you know that you can win this game. The fans know you can win this game. I know you can win this game. Always a prayer before the game. This time I have them going to the Elite Eight, hoping that we'll get even closer than the Final Four. So, again, that is Sister Jean. She is 101 years of age. She is the chaplain uh, for the team at Loyola Chicago. And uh, good luck to them as they continue their march into March Madness. And But I love that whole idea that, uh, look, you know you can win the game. The fans know you can win the game. I know you can win the game. And it's this coming together that's so significant. And we actually saw that kind of coming together. Uh, it's one of those areas where I agree with Hillary Clinton. It does take a village. Uh, my difference is that the, I believe that the village is not the government. The village is the people and what they are willing to do. And we saw this in a significant way over the weekend right here in the state of Utah uh, with the Feed Utah Food Drive uh, that just did some extraordinary work, all-volunteer army out there making a difference. Uh, First, Governor Spencer Cox weighed in uh, of what this actually means to the people of Utah. 
at over 500,000 people in Utah, and uh, one in five children are at risk of missing a, a meal today. Now, what, what we're here to talk about is, is the thing that Utah does best. It's the thing we're, we're recognized uh, for around the world, and that is giving back. Uh, and that is what we are known for, that giving back, that coming together as community. Uh, one of those who participated in the food drive Saturday and helped to promote uh, really everybody from every walk of life coming together uh, to help in this food drive was uh, Reverend Dr. Oscar Moses of Salt Lake's uh, Calvary Baptist Church, and he's an extraordinary soul. He is a leader's leader, uh, and he had to say this about the food drive Saturday. We're living in some very unprecedented times, and it calls for us as brothers and sisters uh, in the brotherhood and sisterhood of humanity uh, to come together and compile our efforts, whatever they may be. So it is that coming together, and again, that was uh, Reverend Dr. Oscar Moses from Salt Lake's Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, There were uh, all kinds of organizations that came together, including KSL, uh, including the uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a number of other uh, volunteer organizations, religious organizations, uh, all came together uh, for a food drive in a really significant way in a really important time uh, for the state of Utah. And it just reminded me of what we can do when we are willing to. And how often we allow other things to just get in the way. Uh, We allow politics to get in the way. We allow big government sometimes to get in the way. Now, government has a role to be sure. Let's let's be very, very clear here. Government has a role, especially when it comes to something like feeding the hungry uh, and those who are struggling that way. Um, Government does have a role to play. But this is one of those things that the community, you you can't outsource. We've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. You simply cannot outsource the soul of society. Uh, government can't be it all. Government can't do it all. And any government that can do it all uh, is one that you should be very worried about uh, because that means they would have uh, ultimate control over everything. Uh, but instead, when we focus on the people, when we, we focus on what we can do when we come together uh, for common cause. Uh, And yes, government does uh, represent the people, to be sure. Uh, But the government is not the people. Uh, It it isn't the people. No, the the people are the people. Uh, Now, they what we do together, we we have these joint projects we we call government and governing, uh, where people give up some of their freedoms in order to get certain services or certain protections uh, as that moves along. And that's fine. That's a good thing. We'll take that. Uh, but when we, we start to look to government as being the be-all, the end-all, uh, that's where we really miss it. Uh, and so often it is the things that are outside of government. It's the space between that interests me the most. It's the space in between government and the people. Uh, that's really where extraordinary things can happen if we can come together, if we can transcend things. Uh, again, as I mentioned, you had uh, such a group of individuals and organizations that came together. Utah Food Bank, of course, was part of that. Associated Food Stores, the National Guard, uh, as I mentioned, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, we just heard from uh, Reverend uh, Dr. Moses uh, and uh, his involvement there. Catholic Community Services, Holy Trinity Church, 
uh, Fish and Loaves Food Pantry. All of these were uh, involved in just this extraordinary effort over the weekend uh, that to me shows once again that what we really need is not really bigger government. Uh, We need bigger citizens. Uh, We need more heroic communities. We need more people who are willing to come together uh, and do those things that we we cannot outsource. Uh, And as I've said before, we simply cannot outsource the soul of society. That's a we the people issue. It's up to us. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that'll make a difference. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.